Welcome back to North Florida Wrestling Show. We have Jason Lisslager back on the show to help us recap this past Panhandle Warzone Spring Series. All the dust is settled, all the matches are over, and we have a final top 30. We're going to let you know who they are and some of the growth that we saw and what's next in North Florida Wrestling competition. So stay tuned. Uh, it was an awesome day. Um, I know we only had five mats of the plan six, but I, I love that little space in between. But I thought everything ran really well. Um, I know all my kids got ample matches, uh, left tired. Everything felt really smooth. You know, I was there all day as a coach, but it never really felt congested. So well run, well run by uh, Florida High and use well, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, the, uh, the five versus six mat thing. We had actually had the six mat planned and uh, the school that was supposed to drop off two dropped off one by mistake. And uh, we ended up splitting one up till we got to about a hundred pounds. And then we didn't want to force the the older high school kids to have to wrestle on a split mat. So we dropped it down to five at that point. But um, we actually, of the series, we calculated statistics across the series as far as how many matches each kid got on average. Um, it was about 4.2 for the first four events, and it jumped all the way up to 5.74 for the finale. So kids were getting almost six matches in their two hours. Uh, I know your son had seven. Uh, I counted a number of 10s and 11s. So, you know, the goal is mat time above all in this whole series and getting matches that, you know, help you help you through the regular season and just getting their experience and mission accomplished on that front. So we were excited with it. Absolutely. I actually even my um, one of the kids from our club, his dad was telling me had uh, it was like five minutes left in his uh, his his window time. And he like of his own validity went up to you and asked for a match, got it within the five minutes. And he didn't place in the top 30. He was like right at it. Mm-hmm. But he ended up getting a win and was able to take home a gold medal instead of a silver by getting that last like five minutes. So that extra 30 minutes that was provided for the extra mat helped out a lot. Yeah, it was definitely helpful. And, you know, when you give that example, we had so many kids come up and, you know, parents saying, hey, there's 10 minutes left in our pool. Can you get us one more type thing? And ordinarily, I'll ask how many, you know, how many have you had? And when I hear, you know, I've already wrestled seven. But in this case, we kind of just let everybody get as many as they wanted. And, you know, it was really nice to be able to get kids so many darn matches. Like I said, we had a couple 10s and 11s and a lot of kids getting in just a lot of work it was great yeah well let's go and talk about those top 30 because i know everybody was excited about the awards i know the kids on our team that took it home took home a top 30 award were extremely proud of it um let's go ahead and give the top 30 a shout out just for everybody's news yeah i'll run it up so those that weren't at the event we actually jumped it out to 32 we had two extra awards left over from last year's spring series and we figured why not give these kids, these extra two kids a little shout. So we'll start there. At 32nd, we had Gabriel Mengel of Dolphin Nation. At 31, we had DJ Richardson of Florida High. Up to 30th, we had Carson Shineberry from Patriot Wrestling Club Dothan. At 29th, Aaron Justice of Team 47. At 28th, Angel Bastida of South Georgia Takedown Club. In 27th, James Oliver of Gulf Coast Grappling. In 26th, we had Michael Stepien of Grappling House Wrestling Club. 25th, Dominic Seco of Grappling House Wrestling Club. 
In 24th, Ian Robinson of Pace Wrestling Club. 23rd, Justice Sherman, Pace Wrestling Club. In 22nd, Jackson Steiner from Niceville Wrestling Academy. In 21st, Wesley Woodside of Pace Wrestling Club. In 20th, Harley Troyne of Grappling House Wrestling Club. In 19th, Troy Thaxton, Team McCullough. In 18th, Jake Parker, Weewahitchka. 17th, Brady Jackson, Team McCullough. 16th, Sterling Knowles, Pace Wrestling Club. 15th, Jace Paul Starkey, Pace Wrestling Club. 14th, Carson Garcia. We're going to call this a split because he attends two clubs. So he's with Grappling House right now, and during the winter he's with South Georgia Takedown Club. So we'll call it both clubs there. And 13th, Evan Hill, Niceville Wrestling Academy. 12th, Vince Crump, Grappling House Wrestling Club. 11th, Derek Williams, Bay County Elite. Pointing out on Derek, too, he was uh, 13-0 across the whole series, so he didn't lose a match. 10th, Damian I. Cabellas, Pace Wrestling Club. In 9th, you had John Rodak of North Allegheny High School. 8th, Jackson Reynolds, Rogue Wrestling out of Tifton, Georgia. 7th, Joseph Rodak, also North Allegheny High School. 6th, Dominic I. Cabellas, Pace Wrestling Club. In 5th, we had Jace Fennessy, Niceville Wrestling Academy. Fourth, Stephen Palmer, Niceville Wrestling Academy. Third was Jake and Ross of South Georgia Takedown Club. Second, we had Theodore Kenya of Panda Wrestling Alliance. And in first place in the series champion with about 350 total individual entries, we had Landon Pease, an unattached wrestler from Georgia. I think his total yeah, he- in the series was 22-1. and one. Yeah, he was like he was just quietly going through it. I remember like seeing him from time to time, but very quiet. But got it done on the mat. I do want to shout out that Jackson and that ro- the the younger Rodak. I think they had the match of the tournament. Um, you know, I wasn't I didn't catch as many of the bigger kids matches, but as far as the younger kids, him and um, Jackson and Rodak, they went into like sudden death. It was like five four went to like ultimate tiebreaker. It was a that was a fun match to watch. That was that was pretty entertaining. I was actually walking past for that match, and uh, Rodak's dad, I, I mentioned they're from kind of the same area that I'm from up north, so I've become kind of friendly with them, and uh, he asked if I could help coach, and I jumped in Rodak's corner for a second there, and nobody fully knew the overtime rules or how we were doing them, so we were kind of talking them through as it went, and it was you know one of the first matches of the day, but man, was that a match. I think it started out 2 nothing Rodak, and then Steiner came back, and over time, there was probably five or di- five or six different points where either kid could have scored, and they were just scrambling like crazy. And then, I think both got a ride out in the first thirty seconds, and then it came down to Rodak riding for the the last thirty. But man, was that a barn burner! Yeah, I would have to give that match of the day if there was an award for that for sure. But no, it was a good tournament, man. I, it, was, it ran so smooth. It really, I'm, I, I can only speak for myself, but you know, I was there as a parent and a coach. So, and you know, neither neither role really felt like I was, you know, feeling like I was just waiting for it to be over. You know, it felt like it was like, all right, cool, match, 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 match. All right, you're done. Match, 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 match. All right, you're done. So it was fun. It was a really good time. I feel like uh, Coach Allen yourself did did a phenomenal job over there. For sure. That's the thing with these war zones. I think some people may be unfamiliar with the process, but I'll kind of delve into it a little bit. 
90% of the work at these tournaments is kind of outside, meaning, you know, externally there's somebody creating the pairings, sending them to the map, to the tables for us. Essentially, the role when you're hosting is you're weighing kids in on a preset schedule that they provide you, and then you're making sure your table workers understand what's going on. But, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to Warzone and, and the fine folks up there in New York that created this and, and help us run each event. They have somebody on the phone with us 24 seven or in a text message thread. If we need them, they'll jump on FaceTime or a call. And it's, it's very simple to run a very smooth and efficient event with, uh, with very little issues. If you have an issue within two seconds, it's solved for you. You, You're basically just communicating with them them throughout the day and kind of letting them do their thing while you're, you know, at the event kind of running things. But well, and I want to say, too, that, like, I am in no way affiliated with Warzone. Like, you know, I know we did this whole thing, and I talk really well. This is – it's I just really think it's a great software. I think it, it fills in a lot of missing gaps in wrestling as far as growing um, skill sets. Like, I'll give you for an example. My boy, Stephen Palmer, my own son, got fourth at the at – the, over the series. This has actually been a year since he started competing. You know, he's been in about a year and a half. It's been a year since his first one. It was actually a war zone in Niceville, and he got worked. Like, it was went 0-4. You know, at the end of the day, he's like, I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't. It's too hard. And then one year later, you know, we primarily did just war zones. I think we did another a rapid bracket, but we primarily did war zones. Mm-hmm. And he was able to continue to once he finally got into a rating that's like, all right, this is, you know, a realistic expectation of where you're at. He was able to start growing. And then, you know, one year later, it was a very emotional moment for me this Saturday to see him go from that, go from wanting to quit and, you know, not winning a match and getting work to going seven and oh and walking away with a you know a top five award so it was i'm pretty grateful for the software you know I, my kid might have quit if he had run into like two three tournaments of just studs and go oh and two or one and one and two or whatever and not have anything to show for it so it, it helped me in my own quest to get him acquainted to the sport for sure yeah you know and with him i've seen the growth i've watched him wrestle a, a number of times and he's wrestled grappling house kids. And one that comes to mind specifically is he wrestled Bear a few weeks ago. Uh, and it was a tight, tight match in that, if I recall correctly, he rode Bear for the whole third period, almost turned him a few times. And it was one that might have been seven to four or something along those lines. And it, it was just a nice little full circle moment where I saw – you know, I remember that kid wrestling literally a year ago, and that match probably would have went far differently. And I saw some, you know, some matches he wrestled that against other kids of ours that he just absolutely dominated. And it, you're seeing it, you're seeing it live with this Warzone thing that you know they slowly start out, and when they lose a few at first, they're they're getting matches that are more to their skill set. They're developing a little bit of confidence. They're getting their their bearings about them. And now they believe they can win, and now they bump up in that skill level a little bit, and those matches become a lot closer than they would have been. 
See, see, I love that point too because, like, it would you know for Steven, it's not like he went through. He had two really good tournaments, but of the four, he had one that was a one and four where he took some knocks. Like he left with a legitimate like knot on his head and a one and four record, and then had one that was three and two. You know, he had he pulled bear twice, but at the end of the day of those, I was like, I'm proud of you, man. I would rather see you wrestle people that are going to push you and see you kind of coming out on the losing end and get better than see you, you know, mow through everybody. Some war, some tournaments are going to be like that, but the war zone software and rating, you know, make sure you're going to eventually, you know, have to have to level up. You're going to have to face new, new challenges and not get you into the habit of just going to a tournament and wrestling the same four guys that are in your age and weight or maybe like five pounds up. So it was cool. I like seeing the challenges. I love seeing, I love seeing the interesting matchups too, you know, because you're not having to worry about age or weight. You're just like, okay, you guys are right about similar. Go at it. Have fun. That's it. The guy that created it, Leighton, often says, you know, the difference between Warzone and your traditional bracketed is Warzone can provide some matchups that you ordinarily wouldn't see in a bracketed event that are probably the best matchups of the thing. At the whole event, Bear and Steven may have been probably one of their best matchups, but they're separated by a 9 and 10, 11 and 12 age gap, even though they're only within a year of one another. And they may be separated by a weight class of, you know, 85 and 90. You would never see that match, but that was a great match for Steven to get. It was a great match for Bear to get. And, you know, I just they like came out better. They came out better. It's what's growing. I think, you know, I know this is, this software is mainly around our area, but you know, it, I think, I've seen, like I said, well, I've seen a lot of growth. I was going to say, too, I like the series idea. I really do. Like, I hope that this is a continuation, something that continues on, because I love being able to watch from, you know, a specific starting point and a specific ending point and seeing like, oh, like like J.P. Starkey, you know, he really made leaps and bounds this last couple tournaments, you know, from Jacksonville on. He took a couple lumps in the first two, but he had ton of growth and he could not stop talking about like how close he was on the board and where he was at like i think he like pulled me aside like maybe 10 times just to let me know like where he was at and i was like right on buddy like go after it yeah to that point i i saw a lot of kids you know i mentioned him last week as his uh dad came up at the tournament and said that he had heard his name on the radio but wesley woodside man that kid I watched I watched him lose to Harley as mentioned in the previous podcast he he pinned Harley at this past tournament as well it was they went one and one in Jacksonville he come out slapped a cradle on and pinned us and I'm seeing the growth and I think a lot of it really is to do with the software and the matchups being provided each week and you know the series thing is I I was kind of trying to think about a way to Make it more than just one event. Let's try to come up with a way to, you know, kind of like Joe does with the summer series where with the Gator Heads, where we're awarding a big prize, and let's find a way to get kids to get, instead of five matches at a war zone, how about we get them 25 over the course of five weeks? And then the top 30 thing just kind of came about, but it, it has worked well, and I think a lot of kids really are striving to be on there. And you're seeing it in their performances and the amount of training they're putting in before these events and from week to week, how they're getting better. It's just great for our area. It really is. The whole series itself was very well attended. Parents seem to love it. And uh, we're going to run it back in the fall. 
I don't have dates yet. I don't have any more information than that, but we are definitely doing another one of these in the fall. It will be either four or five events similar to this, and it'll likely be September, October leading into the regular season, but we're going to give everybody another opportunity to do a top 30 and get these mega awards and more importantly, get 20 to 30 matches before we roll into the regular season so that everybody's sharp and ready to go. Uh, what about a team award? Because I do want to shout out because I, I think I remember you saying that Pace ended up having the most people in the top 30. Um, is that something that we, you know, may be a thing? You know, you get certain points for how many people you have in each tier? 100%. Up until this year, or this is the second year of this or the second iteration of this series, but we hadn't really considered team. And then when I started doing stats and I was going down through, I thought it would be a cool stat to throw out there. And as mentioned, man, Pace, they impressed me. Roll I, deep, man. They're deep, and they came to wrestle at the finale. And I'm going to go through some stats here in a few moments. We'll get there, but uh, where people jumped. But Pace went from five to seven on the leaderboard. They had another three that were just outside of the, the top 30. One finished 35, 36th, 42nd. I mean, they're all over the place. They had 10 kids that very easily could have been in the top 30, and they came to every event they attended. And with them specifically, you saw week over week they were getting better. They were working on things in the practice room specific to what their kids needed to get better at. I was very, very impressed this year by them. And so they ended up finishing first. Uh, Grappling House, I think, tied with Niceville with five in the top 30. I think is the way it rocked. And then I'm not sure. There's a little drop-off after that. But you had Niceville and, and Grappling House tied with five. Oh, man. Speaking of, I know we are uh, talking about really good matches. Um, Kendall and Sarai, I believe, from T-Town. I don't know if I'm saying her name oh, right. Oh, Yuri. Um, Sayuri. Sayuri, yeah. yeah. Her and Kendall had a really, really good match. Like That was, that was fun to watch. Yeah, they, they have a bit of a history in that. So Yuri was a – I don't want to say this wrong. I think she got seventh this year at high school state as a freshman. 100-pound uh, – I think the 100-pound division. But she got some heavy hands, I'll tell you that much. I'm sorry? I said she got some heavy hands, I'll tell you that much. Uh, she's tough. Yeah, so Kendall had wrestled her last year, and I think Kendall got three back points at the time was – Time was ending to win eight to seven. And then I think Yuri pinned her once. And now Yuri, uh, she goes to Lincoln here locally, here in Tallahassee, but she comes to Grappling House a good bit. And so her and Kendall are just wrestling daily and getting in that extra work. So they know each other well, but them two are going to make each other so good at wrestling. It's, uh, you know, the the resurgence or the, the surgence of girls wrestling in general I think we have a good eight or nine girls that come to practice daily and they're just battling. They they probably go harder than some of the boys, I think. What's the what's the likelihood of ever getting um a, a girls only war zone? Um is that a possibility in the in the future or is that even just right now just grow the sport? Yeah, right now it's grow the sport. I mean Anything's a possibility with the Warzone software. You can do freestyle Greco. You can do heck jujitsu if you wanted. You can do a girls only. I think the 
the holdback or why we haven't considered it so far is just the numbers, but those are growing. You know, you, in order for the Warzone software to work the way it's supposed to work, they like to see about 150 kids at an event. And the reasoning for that is then you can actually separate by that war rating. If you have a 40 or 50 girl event, all the girls get to wrestle one another, but it's not going to be very efficient in my 10 and 0 hammer that was a state champ this year is going to get fed the girl that just started last week. Yeah. And so as the numbers grow, I think that's absolutely a possibility and something that I would advocate for. That sounds fun. Um, anything else you want to mention? I do. Um, in the top 30, I just want to go through and shout some kids out because, you know, this whole time, Jordan, you and I have been speaking about never being out of it. And with this whole leaderboard, one good event or two good events back to back kind of can throw you from relatively way out of the race to you're in. And it kind of drives home the point of just show up, wrestle and get, get as many matches as you can and good things can happen. I'm going to go through the list here and call out some kids because, man, there were some performances. So Gabriel Mengel, who finished 32nd, he was Mm -hmm. in 92nd place coming into this event. I want to shout out that entire family, though, because, like, I've been watching the the Mengels. Like, I know they got, like, three or four. They have all been steadily approving over the, like, the course of the last year. You know, I've, I've seen it. You know, they're turning into a little wrestling family. So, you know, big ups to, to them. I was happy to hear you mention him at 30, 30 second, you know, getting in there. Yeah, to that point, Emily, I've, I've watched wrestle a handful of times, and she – She's of the age where she's wrestling boys who are, you know, starting to hit the puberty and all that stuff. But that girl does not back down. She goes at every boy. She does not care. She just loves wrestling and she's fun to watch. Um, moving into 31st, you got DJ Richardson who finished 31st. He was 59th last week. You got Michael Stepien who was 41st. He bounced up to 26th with his performance. Dom Seco is 39th. He's up to 25th. Ian Robinson, this one was excellent to watch. He was 60th up to 24th, literally in one event because he put put on a good performance. Justice, another pace wrestling club kid, outside of the top 30, sitting in 40th up to 23rd. Wesley Woodside was in 31st. He finished 21st. Troy Thaxton of Team McCullough. So both of his brothers actually were ahead of him. Matthew was in the top 30 last week. JT was sitting around 40th. Troy was sitting in 67th coming into this event. He finished 19th. Just had put on a crazy good day. Jake Parker went 10 spots up. Sterling Knowles, another pace wrestling club kid, which kind of drives home their depth. He was 36th up to 16th. Carson Garcia went from 34th to 14th with a good performance. Carson has Carson has the best head of hair at that tournament. If there was a best hair award, it would go to him every time. Yeah, man, he does. He just per- perfectly feathered. I'm saying, you know, with him, he is initially he's a first year wrestler. He's only been wrestling for four months. He did three months with South Georgia Takedown Club, and then they kind of they do their three month season and they kind of shut down. So a few of those South Georgia kids have migrated over to uh, our new grappling house location up in Thomasville. And so we've gotten to work with Carson for the, for about a month and a half now, man, that kid, 
all of those South Georgia kids, not just him, they want to learn wrestling. They're very, very eager to ask a ton of questions and what did I do wrong? How can I get better? They're very polite, well-mannered. Yes, sir. You tell them something, you give them some advice and it's, yes, sir, I'll, I'll make that adjustment. Like it's, it's refreshing to see. And Carson has a very, very, very good future ahead of him. If he keeps that mentality up, uh, Michael Stepien is another one uh, that's kind of in that boat where he's migrated over to us and every adjustment you tell the kid to make, he's working on in the next match. And it's really nice to see. You have, uh, moving up the leaderboard here, Evan Hill popped up 10 spots from 23 to 10. John Rodak from North Allegheny, he bumped up two spots week over week, but I wanted to point out that the previous week he was plus, let's see, he, he went 32 up overall. So he was 41st, then he went all the way up to 11th, and he finished in 9th. Going backwards, who I just mentioned, uh, Damian Ayakbelis went from 76th up to 9th, and then he finished in 10th overall. We had Stephen Palmer, your boy, man. He was 33rd coming into 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 Saturday. He goes 7-0, and and all of a sudden he's 4th walking home with a belt. Like, how cool is that? We do it. I was pretty pumped. I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to stay humble over here, but I was. I was pretty. I even. Uh, that's what I was aiming at. I was like, you know, someone can go like seven and zero, and you know, really pop up in that top five. You're like, I don't know if it's gonna happen. I was like, just wait. Yeah. I, well, that's the beauty of it, man. You get a bunch of chances at a bunch of matches, and you catch fire, just like we talked about. And you know, I just named ten kids who caught fire and went from outside the top thirty to in. There were a lot of kids pretty disappointed that said, I was 14th last week. How'd I move down so far? Because we had kids getting eight matches and winning seven of them. That's it. Honestly. I mean, yep. that's, that's what it comes down to is like, or just like Blake that I had mentioned, you know, like I said, he didn't get in the top, top um, 30, but he was able to change a, change a silver medal for a gold by getting one more at that last, last five minute window. And I love seeing that. I love seeing that's what I, I get out of this whole thing is it builds that um, it builds that desire in these kids to like, oh, I just want one more match. Give me one more match. If you get into the habit of like just do one more, you're going to grow really, really fast. Like it doesn't yeah. take long, you know. Before we log off here, I do want to shout out Joe McMillan's 2023 summer schedule. He's doing the Gator Cup series. This will be the second year of it. If y'all hadn't been to it, the way he does it is there will be six events over the course of 12 weeks throughout the summer, actually starting here at the end of April. Everybody needs an AAU card to join, and he's going to have individual bracketed tournaments. You earn points from each event, similar to the spring series. And he is going to drop two events. So if you're not able to make it to two, as long as you make it to four, you're eligible for these Gator Cups. And the schedule for that, April 29th is the first one kicking off here in about two weeks at uh, in Crawfordville, which is Wakella High School. Then you have May 6th in Tallahassee, which is Lincoln High School. May 20th in Live Oak at Suwanee High School. June 3rd in Panama City at Arnold High School. June 17th in Bristol at Liberty County High School. And then July 1st in Lynn Haven is the finale, and that is at Mosley High School. 
the series itself was it's very well run. Joe's a, a wizard on track wrestling and you know, he, he sets it up so that every kid's getting in and out in two to three hours. It's run extremely smooth and you know, last year a lot of kids enjoyed it and he had very good attendance. If you can make it out to it, I think Joe would appreciate it. And it's just another another way for our area to get on the mat and get some mat time. Aside from that, I want to shout out June 10th, which is an off week from the summer series up in Dothan, Alabama. They're going to run a one-off war zone. It's a fundraiser for their program just to get their area some more mat time. So if anybody can make it up to Dothan on June 10th, you got an opportunity for four to six matches in two hours. All right, and that's it here for us at the North Florida Wrestling Show this week, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you following along the last couple weeks as we cover this Panhandle Warzone Spring Series. Love covering it, love seeing the matches, and love getting to know these up-and-coming wrestlers a little bit more. Uh, make sure you check out Joe McMillan's Summer Series that he has coming up, the Gator Cup. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to get in a bunch of matches, get better, and roll right into the fall. So get after them, get after it, and get on the mat. Um, wrestling on, everybody. <laughs>